I'm Steve Fisher. Rocio Camacho Morales is a postdoctoral fellow at the Research School of Physics in the Australian National University. She specializes in the fields of nanophotonics, optical metasurface, and nonlinear frequency generation, difficult to pronounce for most of us, let alone understand. Part of a team of accomplished scientists, she's been working on a new kind of night vision. She's my guest on Life Slices. So we're here with Rocio Camacho Morales. Who is Rocio Camacho Morales? <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Um, yeah, good thing to start with an introduction. So I'm uh, currently a researcher uh, at ANU, the Australian National University. I um, study physics, uh, that's my, my background. Uh, after that, I did my master, uh, my PhD. Um, so uh, recently I finished uh, the PhD and, and continue my work in research, which uh, is what I have been doing for uh, a couple of years already. And um, yeah, that's, that's my background education. I, I always enjoy uh, physics. Uh, well, to be honest, not always. But uh, yeah, when, when I started studying physics, because I was interested first in astronomy, to be honest, so that was my, my interest. But when I um, uh, started studying physics, I realized there are so many, so many areas of study that are interesting. So I explored many of them, and now I'm uh, working in, in nanophotonics. Pardon me, I, I don't want this to sound insulting or anything, but you don't sound Australian to me. <laughs> so sure. where where are you from? I'm from Mexico. Um, I did uh, most of my studies there. Uh, I came to Australia to study the PhD and uh, now um, continue as a researcher. So yes, indeed, <laughs> not for sure. I don't have at all the Australian accent. <laughs> So can you describe your field of research in a way that most of us idiots would understand what you do? Of course. Um, so uh, nanophotonics is uh, uh, combines two, two areas, uh, which are uh, maybe nano, nanoscience, which study um, small materials, because uh, small materials, especially in the nanoscale, uh, thinner than the than the human hair uh, behaves a bit different than than let's say bulk materials. So this is nanoscience, and the other part of my work is optics. So optics study the interaction of light with a material. What what a material does when it interacts with light. Um, um, what behavior does does it have? How it modifies the light? How it reflects it? or, or uh, scatter it. So, so my, my field of research in nanophotonics put these um, two fields together. So I still study the interaction of light with materials, but in this case with very small materials, uh, thinner than the, than the human hair. What drew you to this field of study? It's not something that the average person would go, oh, let me figure out how nano uh, particles uh, interact with optics. I mean, that. Yes, there's definitely is not something that uh, like comes to your mind, like, let's say at 18 years old or something like, oh, let's, let's go and study this. 
I think uh, it has been uh, a lot of, of years uh, since um, when I started doing my thesis, when I was about to graduate from physics, I started studying these materials, uh, maybe thin film, something a bit more, more general, and the interaction with lasers at that time. Um, later on, um, I started studying uh, um, fibers, the interaction of, again, of laser with optical fibers, uh, how we can uh, uh, transmit information through optical fibers. And um, after that, in the PhD, I, I concentrate more in the nanoscale. So uh, it has been a, a long road. Uh, I think like uh, small pieces here and there through my education have uh, led me to, to this point. Uh, of course, also the, the interest at some point of my supervisors, but also it has been me that uh, I have been uh, leading this direction somehow. I discovered you uh, on a, I don't remember where I saw the article. It might've been CNN. I, I can't remember. You've gotten a lot of press for it, but you discovered a, a new concept of night vision. Night vision itself is not a new concept, but what is it about your discovery that revolutionizes this field? Yes. Um, so indeed, like you say, night vision is not new. Uh, so just a little bit of, of, of background for for the for your audience that are listening to us. So night vision uh, use the the infrared light that is around us. Uh, let's say the infrared light from from the moon, from the stars. Uh, this light we cannot see it. Our eyes can only see a visible spectrum, what we call the visible spectrum. So the infrared is is beyond this um, part of the of the light that we can see. Uh, but the night vision can capture this uh, light. It actually convert this. Um, well, the light are composed by photons, so it converts these photons actually to electrons, and from the electrons we are able to to see uh, an image when we are um, looking at the nighttime. Uh, in my case, in, in the case of the research uh, done uh, by me, by my group and collaborators. Um, we are not uh, transforming the light to electrons. So everything happens in the, in the optical domain, as we call it. So the infrared light is converted to the visible, the visible that our eyes can capture. And uh, this is done in a very, very uh, small uh, nanoscale, um, let's say, thin film. Uh, and this is how our technology works. It's transparent, it's very light. It can be put on the top of any prescription glasses and you will be able to see in the night. So now when you say you'll be able to see in the light, we're used to seeing night vision as portrayed in movies and stuff as just a dark field with green Figures, shadows running around. This, this will make it clearer, is my understanding. Is that correct? Uh, yes, like you mentioned, the, the current night vision uh, are like this greenish image. 
this is actually done um, kind of purposely. So as I say, in the in the traditional uh, night vision uh, uh, devices, uh, the light is converted to electrons and we see this green image purposely because the eye is a very sensitive to the green. So that's why they, they made it that way. Uh, in our case, uh, we will be able to see mostly green, but also some probably some other colors around, uh, around the green. Because, um, because this, this process uh, is a non-linear optical process, uh, and what is done is combine the energy of uh, of photons uh, to convert it to to the visible. So yeah, we will see something very similar to to what uh, is currently in the traditional devices. Maybe some other colors, uh, depending how how we design it. So now, is this what you were going for, or was this uh, somehow a serendipitous discovery? Uh, it it was um, not a ser 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 uh, serendipity. Serendipitous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> serendipity. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It was not exactly like that. Um, so first we were uh, studying um, what we call uh, nano antennas. Uh, so these are um, a small uh, single, uh, let's say, cylinders. Uh, cylinders at the nano scale, and uh, we were illuminated these um, very small cylinders with infrared light. Yep. Oh, we froze. Give it a second. A nonlinear optical process, and in that case, we were just studying like what properties we can uh, control in this visible light. Mm, uh, things like polarization that we use in, in our sunglasses, for example. We were studying this, this kind of properties. Um, but later on, uh, we realized that we can go further and not only create this uh, visible light, uh, let's say we control polarization, but we can actually use this visible uh, light that we are creating to actually have an image. And that's, uh, that's how this research started. So. Uh, initially, it was not our idea, but uh, later on, we realized that we could go that way. We started exploring. We uh, didn't have a, much experience with that. So we start exploring. It takes us a while. And um, that's, that's how we got here. I saw that this has something to do with nanoscale crystals. What are nanoscale crystals? Uh, yes. So these uh, nanoscale crystals, we designed it uh, to be uh, resonant uh, at the at the infrared light that is uh, surrounding us in the night. Uh, what it means that they are resonant, uh, it means that they can amplify this infrared light on the surroundings. Like uh, we have um, musical instruments, right? So these musical instruments like the violin, the guitar, they um, work at, at certain um, acoustic resonances. In, the, in this case, these are uh, sound waves. In our case, we want them to, to be a, a acoustic, well, they, to amplify uh, the light 
So it will be not sound waves, but in this case will be light waves. And um, these are yeah, very small uh, cylinders uh, in an array. And they will amplify the, the infrared light, nanocrystals. So they are made of a um, semiconductor, which is a gallium arsenide in this case. What other things, what other applications might they have beyond th this kind of optics? Uh, this uh, are been now, a is, this is a very active uh, field of research, uh, what is called um, in, in our field, metasurfaces. And a lot of, of applications are studied. It started with, uh, for example, um, trying to replace lenses, these bulb lenses made of glass, uh, sometimes very thick ones. So we are trying to replace um, these lenses with the very thin metasurface. Uh, that's one of it. Um, now there is a lot of work in holograms, uh, in sensing um, for bio applications. Um, there is also research in, um, in making holograms uh, with these uh, metasurfaces. So a lot, a lot of exploration at the moment on this field. Now it's easy to see how this new technology is going to help in military applications. You alluded before to how it can help in in commercial optics. What are some other ways that, other than just helping us with sunglasses, there's got to be other uses for it? Um, in, in particular, this uh, night vision uh, will have a lot of applications. If we put it in, in our glasses, that's one of it. We, we can use it for driving, for example. Maybe at some point, I like put it in the screen of our car. Um, uh, for also, well, that's of course also very long term uh, goal, but also it can be used to, to be shipped uh, uh, to the space because it will detect uh, this infrared light, but it will be a very light device, which is something uh, very useful for, for everything that is sent to the space, uh, very thin. So uh, we are just uh, thinking in the, in the many applications that it can have. I know I'm going for cataract surgery in a few weeks. Could it ever make it into cataract lenses so that we will be able to see at night without light? Well, uh, the, 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 this uh, seemed um, very far away. I don't know like uh, how many years ago we, we were all using spectacles, right? I use uh, prescription glasses. Usually today I'm using my contact lenses. So, you know, uh, this, this seemed far away so, some years ago and now we just put our contact lenses and, and we are good to go, right? So yeah, in principle at, at some point, maybe we just make some kind of uh, uh, contact lens and, and we, we can see in the night, yeah. So I, put in, I shouldn't put off the cataract surgery. It's, it's going to be a little <laughs> too far away to help, right? Yes, yes. At this point, is the best option, definitely. <laughs> so if you work in optics, do you make your own contact lenses? Or do you still have to go buy them like the, the rest of us? Definitely. I just go to, to the shop and, and uh, leave this to, to the experts. And uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> What would the cost of something like this be when you start putting it in actual applications to sell to whoever is going to benefit from it? 
are the costs going to be prohibitive at first? Um, yes, I, at the moment, I think we, we will develop uh, a technology that will be probably more expensive than the current one. I think that's uh, what uh, usually happens when a technology starts. So we have here um, the uh, fabrication uh, facilities in, in Australia, in Canberra, to, to fabricate these nanocrystals. Um, but of course, we also are actually now exploring materials that are cheap. So that's something that we are already looking uh, into. But uh, probably at the beginning, it will be at least comparable to the, to the current technology. But we expect with, with, with time, uh, development, and, and new materials, this, this can go cheaper than um, the traditional ones. Now that you've created this uh, or discovered this technology, you consider it creating it or, or, or discovering it? I mean, which is, it's not fully natural, right? I mean, you had to manipulate something to get it to work. Yes, yes, yes. So actually, something that I have not mentioned, so this um, technology will require a, the, the help of another um, light source. So actually, we are combining two light sources, the one from the infrared ambient and another light source that, that will be provided by us. Um, so this will be like a small laser, like the ones that we use, uh, let's say, in a laser pointer when we have a presentation. Uh, so this laser will um, be combined with the infrared light in our surrounding, and these two light sources will form the, the visible light. So this uh, will be, yes, like a visible light that is created uh, with the help of these nanocrystals. And how far away is the practical use of this technology? Still, there's several years to go. As you mentioned, the, the best way now is, is to, to go and have your uh, surgery. Uh, this is still in the, in the research uh, area. We're still uh, looking at the resolution, of course, like a lot of properties that are important for imaging. The field of view, which refers like the angle that we are able to see. So all these things we are exploring. Um, like you say, there was a lot of, of promotion of this work. Uh, so we, we have been very lucky on this. And we uh, have been in contact with um, some companies have, tech companies have uh, contacted us to uh, study further uh, uh, specific applications. So, yeah, these collaborations are starting and we are looking into ways to make it uh, possible and available to the uh, general public, but still some, some years to go. I'm not going to be out and pasting it on my car window anytime soon. Now, I know that you were part of a team. You didn't do this all by yourself. How many people actually worked on this? Uh, I think I have close to 50 collaborators. Um, yeah, many of them from Australia, uh, from uh, the Australian National University, uh, but also from uh, other parts of Australia, but also uh, several uh, European collaborators from the UK, uh, from uh, Bulgaria, from Paris, um, Italy. Yeah, so... 
uh, several collaborators on this. So might we be seeing you collect the Nobel Prize next year? <laughs> that will be that will be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the dream of every uh, physicist. Is there anything that you would like to tell the audience that I haven't asked about? Oh, well, uh, just that uh, in, in science, we, we always work to, to make uh, life better, to, to improve uh, the life of, of people. And um, well, sci science is important. And I'm glad that there are um, podcasts as, as the one that you have so we can reach people and we can tell them uh, about what we are doing that is exciting and not uh, not the things that maybe kids read in their book that sometimes uh, seem very very boring. <laughs> they'll, they'll need new lenses to read read the papers. I think that's what we've got for today, uh, Rocio. I really appreciate your taking the time to do this. We have a huge time difference between where I am and where you are, so. This was the fun part, was coordinating it. Maybe maybe you'll figure out a way to get us all on the same time zone eventually. That, that will be also very useful, right? <laughs> so thank you so much. I really appreciate your being here. Thank you, Steve, for the invitation. If you enjoyed this program, please subscribe and like us on social media and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Life Slices is produced by Beatnik Ravens Productions, all rights reserved. Music courtesy of Fesleyan Studios. 